everyone. Welcome to Risk Roundup. Afghanistan is in crisis. This country has become a symbol of a never-ending war, heavy dependency on foreign aid, and a deep political instability. Progress has not come to much of the civilization. This is visible as even after 20 years of US occupation, this country once again falls to Taliban. This sudden turn of geopolitical events has global implications, not only because of destabilization of the country and mass migration, but also because Afghanistan is a land that is rich in natural resources. While some of the resources have been exploited, others have remained relatively unexploited. So what is the impact? What is in store for Afghanistan economy? And why is it at the center of the geopolitics? To discuss this further, I'm delighted to welcome Professor Dr. Ashok Dubey to Risk Roundup. Professor Dubey is, the, is a banker in Afghanistan, and uh, he is uh, very kind enough to share his valuable time today to give us some, in some of his valuable insights to what he sees as the crisis in Afghanistan and what is in store for you know the economy. Welcome, Dr. Dubey. We are so very honored to have you in Risk Roundup. Thank you. So beyond the COVID pandemic, and the drought and a dire economy. Afghanistan confronts a Taliban takeover. So amid the lack of sustainable security that can hold all the territories in Afghanistan and the powerless political elites unable to unify against the common threats, many in the Afghanistan, many you know civilized population, uh, people living in cities, they fear that they have no hope but to flee the country. Can you describe the state of fear and frustration that is engulfing Afghanistan today after decades of war and the Taliban takeover? Okay, thank you for giving me an opportunity to discuss with uh, this great team. Uh, I came back from Afghanistan on 11th of August this uh, this month itself. The things were brewing up in a very faster mode, you know, uh, one after the, the, the various provinces in Afghanistan were being captured by Taliban and their other allies. And uh, once on 1st of May, US decided to withdraw its troops. Then the things became more accelerating and things become really very serious and people were really tense. After the 1st of May, uh, one province after the other province started falling to Taliban and without any resistance. This is very surprising to me that as a sovereign nation, I've never seen a nation coming so much to the power, uh, going down to the knees and without even firing a bullet. The entire country is won. This has never happened in the history ever. And it has, you know, I was talking with my colleagues over there when I was there. They said we'll give a very strong resistance to the militants. We'll fight till death. And even the president also there assured us that, okay, don't worry. Things are okay. We have got a lot of ammunitions. We have got a lot of support from various NATO countries and US. You don't need to worry. You continue the work as it is. And on his assurance, we're working. We believed him that, okay, he is the president, so he must have got the entire view. But surprisingly, you know, on, on 15th of August, uh, they had captured most of the centers and provinces in different parts of Afghanistan. And I was there till 11th. I could hear the gunshots sounds, the bomb blasts, the various things happening, you know, in various neighborhoods. And the things were really, very really disturbing uh, because frequently we used to get call from the home that why don't you come back? 
what is the situation over there because all my colleagues have got about 10 expats working with me uh, and every day we used to get phone calls from the home and people were really worried and what to do uh, on 10th of august i got an advisory from the ministry of external affairs through the indian embassy that please rush and take the first earliest flight domestic flight you know international flight for delhi and uh, normally indian embassy doesn't press the panic button so fast so i thought once they said these things to me i started wanting that something is really you know unless something is really you know uh, is going to happen and that is not good what is going to happen uh, so i took a decision consciously uh, i am uh, heading the bank and uh, i am the head of the management of the bank also so i called for the meeting of the board of supervisors and board of directors and i asked that all the indians who are working with me should be evacuated at the earliest i didn't want to take a risk of my employees being there and then you know if something happens it be a big loss you know money cannot substitute the man the life so we very i was very very clear in my views that once the things had come to this level and on uh, delhi on various days on 11th also we got an advisory from indian embassy on 11th we got two or three advisories you know those are very stern advisories that please return back to india at the earliest don't stay over here i think they had their own information system you know what as the embassy or as the country they should have got it and they had informed us well in advance so it was but natural for us to take a call and then you know we decided that we'll not stay any further and we booked the earliest ticket all my employees left by 15th of august when the kabul fell to uh, this uh, taliban and thank god all my people have reached safely to the homes to the families uh, and uh, obviously the bank also helped me a lot in taking a decision that okay you should go back they didn't want to hold back any employees any expats working over there and that is the one where we saw things and uh, apart from that you know the ladies especially let me tell you the ladies they were very very concerned they had seen the brutality of afghanistan in afghanistan by previous taliban regime frequently they used to come to me came and ask me sir what we should do i was really helpless let me tell you i couldn't do anything for them because this was such a situation where as an individual or as a uh, or as a head of a particular organization i was helpless i was not able to provide anything to them except for the my verbal assurance my support my mental support to them that's it and the ladies frequently used to say that look you know we had seen the previous regime the face might have changed you know but their actions still remain the same you know there is no uh, conformity between the words and action what they say they say that we are a changed lot we are Afghanistan Taliban number 2 but still you know you can see in the mass media you can see in the news people are desperate to come out of it and you must have seen in on the uh, in the airport people scrambling to get into the aircraft never before i think you must have seen such a scenario nor me so things were really very disturbing things were not moving as decided and the government had meekly surrendered to a motley group of you know arm group not even to an army i can understand you can fall to army let's fight a bullet give some resistance but nothing was there the, the president left left the country the various ministers left the country you know the central bank governor he also left the country so it was very very sad state of affairs and no one could believe that these things could happen so things were very turbulent things were not happening properly and we had to take a step to come back to india yes no i i am risk group community is very glad that you know you are safe and you came out uh, in a timely manner and that indian government had some information that helped you you know uh, 
to take the decision that you were so you should have you know taken at the right time so and we are really glad that you know things worked out for you but like you said you know there are so many there you know at the airport and the situation is so turbulent and it's a shocking shocking events when we see the you know people fly falling from the plane that is something you never want to see uh, this you know the country has reverted to taliban control i mean it is catastrophic and it seems people there are more loyal to tribes especially in the rural areas not in the city you know but in the uh, this tribalism is very strong and they it looks like they were not convinced about the future shown to them by the you know national government or by the united states government or uh, all the alliances so that is something that is uh, deeply disturbing that the political power that uh, there was in afghanistan that was not convincing to the tribal uh, tribal you know leaders so did it surprise you especially you know how fast taliban took control yeah it was uh, we couldn't believe that it be so fast you know let me tell you uh, us forces were there since last 20 years and to my surprise never it happened to the afghan government to train their own people for a military training you know most of the countries you know they have got two years training you know for young people nothing happened of that sort and there was lot of corruption in the government within the government and outside the government and this was one of the reasons why you know people were just not willing to do anything at all they were just having a free lunch and you can understand free lunch doesn't continue forever a time will come when the government will definitely pull down its support and rightly so the us pulled down the support because the afghans were not willing to do anything at all maybe you know they didn't have uh, their different ethnicities their different tribes having different views different uh, perceptions but even all said and done you know a lot of countries have different views different tribes different uh, ethnicities but they don't come to power in such a way as it has happened over here and uh, that was really shocking to all of us not only to me because i am an expat i have not seen the history of that particular country but those who have been there since birth they too were very scared you know they said that no one expected you know when we were talking you know there was a lot of camaraderie in the in the bank that okay we'll do this we'll do that we'll we'll try to take this action you know lot of you know uh, political leaders you know used to assure us that nothing is going to happen but unfortunately those things happened which we didn't expect at all and uh, especially in the banking uh, you know uh, we have we are the repository of the people's money you know uh, we hold back their money in trust and confidence and hard earned money of the people are kept in the bank now you can understand if the people don't get back their money what they have kept with us the resentment is very high uh, now we have run into the liquidity issues we don't have sufficient cash uh, to pay back to the people and all the banks are closed since then no bank has opened because two things are very concerning right now one is the liquidity issue and security the second is the security for the bank if you open the bank it's quite possible that there may be an armed you know Uh, people coming with uh, guns and ammunitions and taking over all the assets to the bank they may kill the people also because they're so violent obviously uh, they have kept their hard earned money with the bank and now there's no response neither from the government nor from the dab there's no dab so we're just looking in the wilderness what is going to happen you know it's a total chaos over there and every day we are uh, meeting and talking with the people i am talking with the locals over there my employees over there they say things are good but still they don't believe it they say that tomorrow if everything is is okay 
and if they turn their you know skins otherwise you know if they turn back if they take a u turn then what's going to happen yes they are very justified in saying these things because in the past they have experienced as things and things are really not good right now both with the central government non functional being non functional there is no government right now so we really don't know whom to talk to Yes, That's yes, that is crisis. a challenge. You are absolutely right. That is a challenge, and uh, yes, you are right. I also read the report that Taliban is facing financial crisis as they cannot access the central bank funds. So, do you think it's a short-term problem, and that they will be able to convince the banks to uh, have that access that they need? Where do you think it is going to go? I mean, there are, your concerns are legitimate. That uh, there is no nobody to talk to. There is no one, no solution in front of you. but where do you think this is going to go uh, probably it may take some time unless the government is not formed you know and uh, and taliban has made it very very clear that they will be able to form the government only once the usa goes away and the last date for us to go away is 31st of august so probably after that time you know they say will form an inclusive government of all the tribes of all the uh, ethnic groups so i think only after 31st of august will be able to get a very clear picture of what's going to happen because security of the banks you know is very very paramount important to me and yes. my employees should not you know fall to all those things i was there when the taliban fighting was going on every day to get a message look this branch is closed that branch is closed they have taken away the guns from the from the security people they have taken away the cash now we were helpless you know uh, even i was there for 3 to 4 months when the taliban started for me itself but things were very very gloomy you know there was no support no intervention by any international force uh, they just left it to the fate of the of the people to decide or the government and government is so corrupt that you know nothing happens over there even if you have to get your license registered you have to get you know to do anything you have to pay bribe without bribe nothing moves you know that is a country shockingly you know this uh, in such a state of affairs i used to very clearly say to the people over there by employees that why don't you raise a voice they used to say that if i raise the voice nothing is going to happen in fact will be vindicated more they will take more time the things will not move forward at all and uh, then i had to accept it then there was no way forward for us and that in view you know uh, in the banks there was huge amount of loans were pending you know for recovery the law is so vexatious is so lengthy it is so you uh, know outdated Uh, that you know, even if you get the decree from the court to recover the money of for your assets, it takes years together to get it. No, you have to have a mujahida means mujahida means a gathering of the people. Five times the mujahida needs to uh, has to be settled. I don't know for what reasons they want five times. If once it is decided that this money is to be recovered, it should be recovered. And various agencies have to be asked to be present over there. Five different agencies like municipality, the government, you know, the attorney office. Three to four different organizations, and every person to come, they need money. Without money, they don't attend your, you know, meeting. So, uh, in fact, it was a good money chasing a bad money when we used to spend money to get those people together, and being very unsure that what is going to happen, whether we are really going to recover the loan, what you again, or again it is going to be a as a bad loan per se. So things were not moving as we wished. It has I've never seen such a incident in my banking career so far, but this was a very unique picture, you know, where people. have no uh, resigned themselves to the fate they say okay this is what the life is and let me tell you the young generation those who are working with me young boys and girls they don't see a future in the country because for last 40 years there is a war they are born in war they are living in war and they say we will die in war 
So it's very sad to hear from my colleagues that about all those things. Uh, but uh, no, we are helpless in corruption, inefficiency, lack of capacity, uh, lack of you know, guidance from the government. Uh, so many uh, things were there which were not right for the things to move forward. Yes, yes, you are absolutely right. These are very challenging uh, time and the issues are very complex. And like you said, you know, this for 40 years, this has been going on. It's not just the United States withdrawal, but before that also, uh, you, you, uh, Russia's, you know, withdrawal. Uh, so when you look at both the, you know, countries that are occupied there, do you, as a banker, do you think there are any lessons from the past that can help us understand the country's present and perhaps its future economic challenges because we we all know that you know this country has always depended on aid and that dependency is never brings out the best in people because you know the desire to <coughs> innovate the desire to succeed the desire for progress and development is just not there when there is free money and free access and that dependency is uh, uh, destructive so where do you think the Afghanistan uh, economy, you know, stands and where is it going? You've asked a million dollar question. If I was able to answer that, probably I would be the most uh, favored person in Afghanistan. They used to ask me that I could lead the way. But what we think that, okay, once the government is stable, if we get good you know, support from the government, if they have got some visionary people to decide and chalk up a strategy, I don't see all the people are bad. It's not like that. Not all the people are bad. But some people are really good, intelligent, who know what to how to go about it. But things don't happen the way it has. It should happen, and uh, it's very difficult to predict what will happen because once we know uh, how the government is formed, who are in the power, how many groups are there in the inclusive government, probably we can take a call today itself. You know, there was a news that the new governor uh, has been announced by the by the Taliban regime. Now we do. No one knows who this new person is. Is quite a mysterious, you know, for normally for a governor, you'd be having something, a banker or a professional or, you know, a finance expert. But uh, we don't know some uh, mullah is there who's going to head it. And I don't know to what extent he's very familiar with the things going to happen because they might implement a Sharia law in the country because, you know, they are for that only. And if the Sharia law is implemented, we don't have any uh, any objection to the Sharia law. Let it be. Uh, uh, ethnic group or religious, you know, uh, 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 bank working for others, but there has to be some systems and procedures which we should have to follow. There has to be leader who has to be honest to the people. There has to be leader who can show the future to the people. There has to be leader who has got the faith and confidence of the masses. And there, this is a fractured economy, you know, a fractured, you know, population where not all the people are you know, going to support the government in the way it is. You know, I am Pashto, I follow some other way. He is a Tajik, he'll follow some other views. So we have got 34 provinces and 34 different lords are there. You know, even today, uh, someone is claiming to, to the presidency. There are two or three more claimants. Now we don't know how the things are going to move about it. Things are really very murky right now. It's very difficult to see what is going to happen in future. But one thing I'm very sure and very optimistic and I believe that if the government is, you know, is good, if they've got a vision, if they've got, you know, uh, right people at the right place, probably things will work out. You know, for the last 20 years, things were really going going good. There was not bad about it. Things were really happening. The loans were given, you know, we, a lot of grants from the various, you know, external agencies, support from different agencies. But see what was happening. 
unfortunately the policy of the us uh, from whom they are getting the grant was applied on the afghanistan banks it cannot work that way you know a policy which is applicable in us cannot be probably you know just copy pasted you know in the afghanistan economy or in the afghanistan banks and this is what was happening you know something which is good for the us might not be good for the afghanistan economy per se so we used to always raise this questions and why is this uh, then you know we to have to keep shut you know look because there are uh, we get the fund from them we have to follow their dictates you know so obviously if you are too dependent upon someone he, has, he will take a call and even what i understand the why the uh, present regime fall was that the president was not taking the shots someone else on his behalf was taking the call that look you have to do this you have to do this you have to do this and when someone else is deciding for you you are just like a dummy figure and a dummy doesn't work you know probably one or two days he can work but to have a sustainable government to have a sustainable policy we need to have a government which is you know which is fit which is justified and you know which is which has got the confidence of the masses yes absolutely no you are right about that and uh, it we need to bring inclusiveness and the challenges that afghanistan is facing largely are because of the uh, slow pace of cultural evolution so you are right that you know united states uh, under the united states uh, security and umbrella there, there was a lot of progress and development but it could not stand because the cultural evolution Uh, did not happen you know for most of the you know afghan uh, afghanistan people so uh, the, it is nothing like that you know the smart people are only located in few countries the brain power is in every country but we also need good systems uh, that can help the the you know smart people to come up with new ideas and come up you know uh, with progress and uh, development and that is what afghanistan is lacking because there is no stability there is no security there is lot of corruption and there is uh, uh, no cultural evolution so these are many many complex challenges uh, happening in afghanistan uh, it, it it is uh, it is very difficult to see you know the state of afghanistan it is a center epicenter of geopolitics and epicenter of warfare so uh, the civilization is suffering uh, when we talk about the currency uh, especially for the you know because you are a banker where do you see the future of afghani currency going uh, see in early 80s you know the value of one afghani uh which is dollar was 1 dollar was equivalent to 100 afghani at that time the currency will depreciate and uh, even today what is happening you know it is floating around 84 85 86 now since the dollar is not available you know the us has frozen the assets of the afghanistan central bank there is no inflow of dollars so dollar becoming a very limited currency in the country obviously you know you can understand the demand supply mismatch uh, the demand is more the supply is less obviously the afghani currency will depreciate and forget even you know in the present situation even when i was there in the very happy times people never believed the afghani currency they always used to get their uh, the salary in uh, afghani and used to get it converted to dollars because they thought that something might happen i think probably they had a premonition of all those things that things are not going to be stable although the banks we used to tell them that don't worry things are going to happen uh, things were really happening in a good way but people never believed us you know believe the banks because they had seen the past and if the past is an indicator then probably they were right so in seeing that look uh, we don't have this particular currency and if this same situation remains i fear that you know the 
uh, Afghani will depreciate further than what it is right now. It is 85 because dollars, as you all know, uh, 9.45 billion you know, US dollars have been frozen in the US assets. No SDRs. So there's no flow of money going to come. And people are hankering after dollars, you know, rightly so because uh, they don't see the value of the currency. It is just a nominal, you know, currency for them, a number, but it doesn't have a real value. So most of the people, uh, even today or even before also, they used to, you know, go for, you know, uh, get Afghani for the dollars and then they used to keep it at a very safe haven. And uh, see, this is basically a dollarized economy. 60% of the business happens in the US dollars. Now, if I have to buy an asset, a house, I'll pay in dollars. I have to buy a car, it will be in dollars. Uh, so all my assets were in the dollars and liabilities were, you know, largely in the Afghani. So there was an asset liability mismatch. Uh, we couldn't, we couldn't uh, bridge that gap, you know, because uh, of the various uh, traditional, cultural and the, and the things as it was happening in the past. So not a party to it, but obviously we couldn't bridge the gap between asset and liability mismatch. And we always used to have a meeting, ALCO committee meeting, we used to discuss, we used to have a contingency plan that what if this happens, what if this run on the bank happens. We're just discussing this. And to my surprise, you know, the things, you know, which I was just thinking as a hypothetical situation, which may, may, may or may not happen, it has really happened. And today we are in a liquidity crisis where there's no money with the bank. No banks are now willing to open the branches because they fear a backlash from the general public. And yes. there's no support in terms of you know, security. And there's no support, obviously, no banks are going to open. So things are right now in a very fluid state of affairs. Things are not moving as we wanted. We wanted it to be fast. But I think till 31st of August, uh, no one can take a decision on this whole issue. Another maybe 10 days to go. But we have to wait for this time to see what is going to happen in the future. Yes, yes, that, that is very true. So how do you see Afghanistan achieving fiscal sustainability in absence of U.S. You know, influx of dollars? See, there is there are only two. Second option is that some other country bails out, you know, Afghanistan, maybe China, uh, because, uh, you know, this is a geopolitical, you know, game of chess, where if one country withdraws, the other will pitch in. Uh, probably they'll give a lot of you know, dollar support to the uh, 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 to the Afghan government because they want more business to grow. They're very close to on the borders of, you know, of Afghanistan. So they want more, you know, political extent to be there. You know, probably Russia could also be one of the partners. Iran could also be one of the partners, you know, in the whole process. So if uh, if uh, America closes down the tap of dollars, probably some other countries may come to bail out this particular country. I don't see a, a, a situation where things will remain as it is status quo will not be there. I think something will develop. Probably, you know, the Afghan government may reach out to the other communities, to other NATO governments or to the European countries to bail them out of the crisis. And uh, I'm sure some countries will come to help it out. Which country will be that? Again, I cannot say with certainty. But I see the neighboring countries who have got a business, major business stake in Afghanistan, who has got a uh, geopolitical, you know, uh, uh, favorites in the Afghanistan. Yes, they will do something. And Afghanistan has always been a war field for different countries. Afghanistan on its own has never fought a battle. If the battle has to be there between China and Pakistan, it will be uh, in Afghanistan. India and some other countries will be in Afghanistan. So Afghanistan was always used as a conduit for you know all these you know extremism or for you know all these you know inter-country differences to settle down this course. 
but afghanistan per se it's a very people are really good i appreciate the people uh, they are hard working uh, their agriculture is good but unfortunately for last 2 3 years we had the corona which uh, had a major disaster for the economy there was also drought uh, which affected the economy to a large extent and uh, and you know the export import gap you know the current account is huge the total you know if i say the import is 6700 you know million us dollars and export is just 777 you can understand the gap <laughs> this huge gap so we need to have you know foreign currency to get the goods now india afghanistan has stopped trade with india probably they might extend trade with some other countries so again a lot of things are are right on the cupboard if cupboard opens a lot of things will fall out of it and what the things will fall out again <laughs> it is anyone's guess very difficult yes. to predict the right now yes very true no you are right that you know some other country will start um, you know same uh, cycle of dependency for afghanistan you know like china it could be there or russia will come um, yeah. and there is also bigger interest because afghanistan has substantial mineral resources Uh, so that is also a big incentive for many countries to move in so do you think that the current state or the mineral resources uh, that they have that it could support the economic needs of the country irrespective of whether you know china moves in or some other country see afghanistan has got lot of uh, very good you know scarce minerals it has got gold it has got silver yes. it has yes. got precious stones over there you know so they have got the resources provided it is properly utilized right now what is happening this country is being exploited by other countries the local people don't have that capacity to use it this lack of capacity there are hardly any entrepreneurs in the country those who have got money they are leaving the country they are fleeing the country because they don't want to be victimized by taliban so lot of money has flown out of afghanistan and then to bring back those people again that is a big challenge to the government the government has to assure and ensure that they are not going to victimize the people there has to be an amnesty for the people those who have run away and those people run away because of fear it's not because of something else and the money has to brought back you know might be from iran from turkey from other countries where people have invested the money i know because i am a banker i know most of the people whom i used to talk they have invested their money in some other countries because they don't see a future over here so probably if the government is going to give an amnesty to the people give uh, develop more entrepreneurs ask more investors you know foreign fiis to come and make investment in the country have a system you know where the law prevails if this lawlessness and the law itself is you know um, is not going to suffice then no one will come every investor wants a very safe and secure environment you know they want a return uh, so the that is the basically the duty of the government it is not the duty of someone else the government has to ensure that you know you get the right people at the right spot the investors should be invited and why not you know it has got a good climate absolutely it is just like hill station we love to be there but uh, yes uh, things have become bad but i don't think uh, it will remain bad forever things will change uh, that is see 1960s uh, afghanistan was kabul was known as the paris of the central asia so modern it has trams it has got women it has got pubs and today if you compare with that it is totally a regime you know where women cannot go out uh, they cannot work uh they have to be at the homes victimization of women men are schools are colleges are closed so those things uh, will not be forever i think the present regime has to understand this uh, perception that people want change yes and they have to uh, 
uh, give uh, a new face to the country. The old face is scary, uh, which no one wants to have really look. But we want a new face to be given by the new government. Probably they might have got some ideas which they are not opening the cards right now. Probably maybe for very strategic reasons. Uh, they may open the cards later on when the US is completely withdrawn its forces. So we hope something will work out and uh, the banks are sustainable. Banks are doing well. Only thing is that we need support from the government and from the central bank as well. Yes, yes, very true. No, people do want change and uh, that is something that every country's uh, governance need to recognize. So understanding Afghanistan crisis is also an opportunity to question the use of military power around the world and also to question whether we can ever transform societies through military force. So it is not just for the United States uh, or to understand or, you know, uh, any other country who has occupied Afghanistan to understand or who are planning to occupy, you know, like China or any other country to understand. But even the country's own governance, like Taliban itself, needs to understand that the force is not going to be enough to govern Afghanistan for a long term, and they will need to change. They will need to uh, give society what they are asking for, for the progress and development. So thank you so much, Professor Dubey, for participating in this roundup today. We appreciate your thoughtful insight into the state of Afghanistan economy, and our global viewers and listeners would benefit tremendously from what you had to say. And as a result, this risk roundup dialogue has been of service. We thank you for that. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. So Risk Group is a strategic security risk research platform and community. Through the Risk Roundup initiative, Risk Group and I are on a mission to talk with a billion brilliant minds. The reason behind this effort is to research, review, rate, and report strategic security risk facing humanity. Thank you for being part of the conversation. Until next time, I'm Jayshree, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Bob.